We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Go, you Redbirds! Go, you Redbirds! On the battle, fight for ISU! Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again and welcome in. So glad you found us for another edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. My name is John Fitzgerald and over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll catch you up on all the latest Redbird news as well as a conversation with Crescia Dixon, Illinois State University's Assistant Athletic Director for Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. But first... Let's get you caught up on all the latest action in Redbird Athletics. A very busy weekend on the ISU campus as the fall seasons are now in full swing. The Redbird football team traveled to Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, and after a solid start, the 18th-ranked Badgers pulled away in the second half. Illinois State quarterback Zach Anikstead had a solid debut in a Redbird uniform as the Minnesota transfer completed 16 of 24 passes for 186 yards. Ten different receivers caught passes in the opener. Senior captain Zeke Vandenberg led the defense, collecting a team-high 10 tackles, including his first sack of the campaign. The Birds now open a three-game homestand this Saturday night when they play host to Valparaiso, 6.30, inside Hancock Stadium. Allie Matters and the Redbird volleyball team rolled through the competition at last week's Redbird Classic, posting a perfect 3-0 record on the weekend, ISU opened play on Friday morning with a 3-1 win over Oral Roberts behind a career-high 21 kills from Caitlin Pronzinski. 
Then on Friday night, Illinois State rallied from a 2-1 deficit to down Green Bay in five sets. And in the process, senior Sarah Kushner became just the 17th player in Redbird history to record 1,000 career kills. Finally on Saturday, the Birds closed out the Classic with a 3-0 victory over Southeast Missouri. Sophomore setter Caitlin Leffler registered a match-high 17 assists. Illinois State has now won three straight, and they will take part in the Beale Street Classic at the University of Memphis this coming weekend. Illinois State men's and women's cross-country teams kicked off their 22 campaigns last Thursday night in Champaign at the Illini Challenge. On the men's side, sophomore Zach Loomis led all Redbirds with a time of 1845.4, which was good for an eighth-place finish on the day, while sophomore Lauren Schulz finished in seventh place in the women's 5K race with a time of 1849.8. The Redbird soccer team dropped its first two matches of their current three-game homestand. Eastern Illinois came into Adelaide Street Field last Thursday night and posted a 3-1 win before Milwaukee was able to hold off a Redbird comeback on Sunday and escape normal with a 3-2 victory. Shayna Dudas and Erica Moline both registered tallies on Sunday at a loss to Milwaukee. The soccer team will now close out their homestand tomorrow night at 6 o'clock against Lindenwood. And finally, the men's golf team tied the University of Toledo for the team title at the Island Resort Classic this past weekend in Bark River, Michigan. Senior Valentin Punet finished with the second lowest 54-hole score in ISU history, shooting a three-round total of 203. The Birds were the only school in the tournament to shoot under par in all three rounds. That's a quick look at some of the latest headlines this week in Redbird Athletics. When we come back, we will introduce you to Crescia Dixon, Illinois State's Assistant Athletic Director for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Stay with us as In the Nest continues right after this timeout. Head coach Brock Spack and the Illinois State football team are ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Starting at just $50, season tickets are now on sale. Come out and support this season and lock your seats in for all six home contests. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Ticket Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000. Welcome back to In the Nest. We're joined this week by Illinois State's Assistant Athletic Director for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, Crescia Dixon. Crescia, thanks so much for stopping by. Coming up on year number one anniversary in your role as Assistant Athletic Director. For those that aren't horribly familiar with athletic administration and maybe some of the duties of some of the different administrative heads, what exactly falls under your purview and what is your role at the university? So at the university, I do a bit of a mixed bag of things. So I serve on our President Diversity Council for the university side of things, as well as I am the Assistant AD in our athletic department. So what that looks like is that looks like that wraparound support for our student athletes. I am working to make sure that they feel like they belong, that equity, diversity, and inclusion is at the forefront of all the programming and decisions that we make. And so in that, that could mean I'm supporting a student athlete and at hour one of the day and then also having a conversation with the coach in hour two um, and then sitting at my computer and doing some of the logistical things for our campus as well as our department. So when I say a mixed bag, I really mean a mixed bag of things and I try to show up 100% for everyone. 
Now, you're a two-time graduate of Illinois State University. You began about six years ago working on campus full-time, first as a graduate assistant, but it was on the other side of campus, not necessarily athletic-centered. So how has your progression gone, not only from an educational standpoint, but into your current role? When, uh, when did you kind of get that bug for this passion of giving back? So the passion for giving back probably came very, very early on. Um, my family is very big on service, and so growing up, service was important. And then I was a student athlete myself in high school, and then dibble and dabble with it. I was a JUCO athlete, and so leadership was a major part of that experience. When I transferred to ISU, it was the first time that I think I had the awakening of being an African-American woman in college and what that looks like when I wanted to play club. And I was like, wow, you know, I would love to do this. And then I started to realize that being an African-American woman in club sports was a little bit different. And so I decided to step away from it because there were things that I struggled with a little bit that I was like, hey, this isn't for me. This experience isn't for me. And I decided to walk away. But when I walked away, there was this bug in me that was like, hey, what didn't feel right and how do we explore that? And so that's when it started. And then the care for always wanting to be that advocate for the folks behind me continued. And when I was in graduate assistantship, I noticed that there were other students I was having conversations with who were also kind of trying to figure out that identity piece. And so I was like, okay, you need to sit with this. You need to kind of focus and figure it out. And I just followed that feeling um, of helping and serving and being an advocate. And so I kind of dabbled around in social services because I still wanted to be an advocate. Uh, got back into higher ed, and that's when it kind of continued. And the spark of sport obviously never left. Um, I continued to coach at Normal Community for a year, few years, women's basketball, and still advocate service. Uh, many of my athletes will tell you if there's one thing she's going to tell us is how are you serving your community and how are you serving your school. And so we would continue to talk about those things. I would continue to mentor them, and it just never stopped. And so when the opportunity came that I could – kind of marry the two of my advocacy and wanting to champion for champion for equity, diversity, and inclusion, as well as service, as well as being an administrator inside of our athletic department. Because as you said, I am a two-time alum. So um, being a Redbird is near and dear to my heart. It all kind of married together and brought me to this point. Equity, diversity, and inclusion, not only in athletics, but I think on college campuses over the last five to ten years has become a much more important issue than it was a couple of decades ago and almost a hot-button issue at some points. That being said, creating that inclusive environment that, for lack of a better word, that family experience for not only student-athletes but any kind of collegiate athletes and the staff members as well, that becomes paramount for the health of not only an athletic department, but an institution, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. Um, I believe that if there's no equity, there's no diversity, and there's no inclusion, you are lacking the full experience of a student athlete and a staff member um, because there begins to be this um, disconnect and disassociation. I am here as a student athlete, but I'm not here as a student athlete and as a person and as an individual. Um, same with staff. I am here as a coach or I am here as a faculty member. Or I'm here as a staff member, but I'm not here as a full, complete individual. 
and we miss out on so much um, because that other piece of being a full individual is invaluable. We don't want you here if you can't be your full self. And so I think that while it's a hot button, it was a missed opportunity. Um, and we are changing it around. And I think that that is so impactful that folks can come and be their complete full selves and feel supported and championed for in that right. And that's why I do my job. And at the end of the day, from a pure business standpoint, the best experience you can create for students or student athletes alike on a college campus, the better feeling of affinity that they're going to have for this place down the road and potentially give back either in service or possibly financially. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm still here. And so (laughs) (laughs) I found my affinity through wanting to serve and through wanting to be a part. And if not, I don't think I would still be here. Um, And so I think that that is one of the most invaluable things that you can take away from all of it is that if you can build an affinity to somewhere, you'll stay. If you can feel like you belong somewhere, you'll stay. Um, And with so many things happening in college athletics now, that affinity is extremely important. You talk about student athletes, especially at the Division One level, being very well taken care of. They're scholarship athletes. They have everything they could possibly want. That's obviously not true, as we know from a day-to-day standpoint. And you mentioned your experience with club sports when you first transferred here was a little bit eye-opening from that standpoint. Unfortunately, you're slightly unique where you turned around from that experience and created a positive and wanted to start supporting other people in those shoes. As a result, though, the vast majority of people run into the kind of those roadblocks and maybe disassociate themselves from their team, from their coach, from the institution as a whole. And that then leads down a kind of dark road potentially with things like depression and aspects like that. So, I mean, this is really the ground floor of almost mental health for student athletes. A hundred percent. And I think that that's what makes Illinois State special is that We're in the process and we have been progressing towards trying to have that holistic care for our student athletes. So not just you have your EDI um, assistant athletic director, but we also are working to get our sports and mental health and performance up and making sure that our student athletes have that support. And then you also have coaches who care. And then in addition to that, you also have academic coordinators who care. And so when you may get a roadblock in academics, we have a person for you. When you may hit a roadblock in trying to figure out where you identify and belong, we have a person for you. Struggling with all of those different facets as well as dealing with your mental health because one of the things that I found to be extremely important is that, yes, you're a student athlete, but are your needs being met? And when I say your needs, not your wants, not the new pair of shoes on StockX, I'm talking about the needs of food, the needs of sleeping, the needs of classes, books, whatever that may be. And so here we are providing opportunities for student athletes to have that support in areas where we're like, hey, the book, what's going on? Will you have an academic counselor, academic advisor who can work with you, your academic coordinators who are willing to work with you and sit and guide you and walk you through those experiences. So I think that's one of the special parts about being here. Um, And of course, I'm going to toot our horn all day long. But I think that we strive to be a great holistic support for our student athletes. Well, I think you touched on a perfect point, you know, only being here about a month and a half or two months, I guess myself, I begun to realize from even with the NIL aspect of the Visualize campaign, whether or not that turns into money for student athletes, 
they are getting a really good education in entrepreneurship and how to do some business aspects during their time here. And now the first assistant athletic director in equity, diversity, and inclusion. Those are really holistic approaches to servicing the student athlete. And as you look around, it's pretty unique as far as what Illinois State is doing, isn't it? Oh, 100%. We are really trying to tap into um, the market of being in the front. Um, we want to lead the pack. We want to be the folks who do the inaugural things. Um, and so what that means is that our student athletes are looking and seeing like, hey, we're on it. We're working. We're supporting you all. And we're not waiting to say, oh, they did it. Now we do it. We're looking to be like, no, we're doing it and championing for the folks that are coming behind us, um, as well as in our conference. If you look at our conference, uh, we're working together to be better. It's not just about an Illinois State thing. We're the Missouri Valley Conference. And so what that means is that we want to work with our peers, work together, come together, and do whatever it is for the student athletes' best interest. You mentioned kind of meeting the needs of the student athletes on a day-to-day -day basis. For, for those who aren't aware, what are some of the more common issues that end up being on your desk that you have to try to find an answer for? Well, one of the things is that we have student athletes who uh, come to college and may not have had that experience from a peer or from a family member. So we have some first-generation college students. Um, and so what that looks like is I'm here, but how am I here? Um, how do I identify with other folks here? And so talking through that and navigating and providing support for student athletes, because I once was that first-generation student. And so talking about you know, waking up, setting that alarm, making sure you're doing whatever a coach has asked of you, as well as your academia and what it means to take notes, things that may not be talked about or even thought about for folks who have had family members who've went to college um, before them. Those may not be the same conversations that other students are having, especially when it comes to being a student. Um, and so taking an exam and how do I study and things like that. So these are conversations that come up more often than not, as well as the identity piece. We have student athletes who are here who have never been in such a suburban area or are from, you know, rural area and just different diversity and things like that. And so those are conversations that come up quite often, not only for student athletes, but also for staff. There are folks who come from different walks of life and college athletics is special, higher ed is special because you do get folks from all over um, with the same goal in mind. And so one of the things that we discuss all the time is that identity and that belonging. Like how do I belong here? Where's my piece of the puzzle? And how do I find that? And assisting and walking through that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I would think it's also very difficult. Many of these athletes are heavily recruited, had very successful high school careers on the court or on the field, 
But unfortunately, they haven't all come from the exact same type of academic high school. So for those student athletes who come from places, as you mentioned, that might not be on the top of any U.S. News and World Report rankings from a high school in a, in a regional area, there's probably a self-confidence issue with how to take notes. Do I really belong here? This guy next to me in this class is a 4.0 and scored a 33 in his ACT. I didn't. How do I fit in this whole mold? I really, really try to encourage not having that deficit-based thinking for our student-athletes and try to think about their strengths because you may not have went to the top 100 U.S. report, but I guarantee you there are intangibles that you have that you brought here that we can speak to. And that may not be taking the best copious notes, but that may be that you have a memory of nobody else's business. Like, And so I try to be like, okay, maybe you're not great at this, but tell me more about your experience and how can we champion that to do better in this classroom or how can we champion that to be better on campus? Um, Many of the students that I speak with may not have been the best in the classroom, so to speak, at all, but they were leaders. And let's talk about this leadership and how on this campus that leadership and on your teams that leadership can take you so much further. And so I really, really try to tap into that strengths-based mindset of um, building that confidence, building that encouragement and that trust of understanding that you may feel this way, but all these other things about you make you so much stronger than you even can think or imagine. And so I really, really try to pour into our student athletes in that way. When there are struggles, issues that arise on your desk, I would assume, and as we said, you're coming up on your one-year anniversary being in this position, but really peer examples and grouping guys of, or females of similar instances and similar problems together to show how they've grown over the time, it's probably pretty helpful. A hundred percent. And so we have Redbirds for Change. And sometimes in those conversations, it starts with how are you doing today? Um, and then we discuss kind of the themes that are going on and how we can champion forward. And sometimes there are opportunities where I'll have a student athlete stop by and be like, hey, when we have our next meeting, can we discuss this? And it's such a commonality and a theme that we can dissect it and figure it out. And so moving into this coming year, that's one of the ways in which I really want us to focus on how to be allies for one another and how to champion for one another and how to champion for our teams, but also within that group, problem solve, build initiatives, and learn those skills that can transfer beyond their experience here student-athletes. And for you, I would think the the payoff of seeing those individual success stories is really what keeps you motivated and going, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. I told the student athletes I met with when they came back um, their first day, I was like, y'all fill my cup more than anything else. Um, And so the joy that I get from seeing the buzz on campus and going to all of our sporting events is so impactful. It makes what I do so much better. Um, and when I see the light bulb go off, it's like, okay, gas tank refilled, ready to go. Let's champion another day. Um, so yeah, they fill my cup. And even with our staff, um, watching that light bulb go off is just so impactful. I love watching folks learn and grow. Um, and I think there is a pure, um, joy in the uncomfortable and so watching folks go from uncomfortable to comfortable to uncomfortable again to comfortable um it's just something sweet about it and so 
while I, I talk loud about the student athlete experience because I love to watch them grow, I also just love to see our staff grow and take those next steps. And it's, it's why I do this. <laughs> and that is worth stating. I think we talked about it at the top as well, but part of your role is servicing the staff and the coaches as well, not just the student athletes here. A hundred percent. And going into year two, it's one of my focuses because while I was really trying in year one to build the relationships with our student athletes, because I really wanted them to feel like they belong, especially since some of the situations that happened post the George Floyd era, I wanted to make sure that we don't forget about that and that the student athletes know that our department still hears them and that we haven't forgot. But I also want to move into a space where staff also knows that we haven't forgot about them and that I'm here for them as well. And so that was kind of the edit on the slight shift that I've made. Um, and so I am now doing a hybrid model of spending time in our student athletic study center as well as in our administrative office so that I am able to be seen by all and not just in one space. Prior to taking this role about a year ago, you had spent some time as a program coordinator for leadership development. Obviously, in college athletics, leadership is an important trait to have. Coaches often talk about culture within the team, within the program, within the athletic department. How does one go about developing leadership skills? Um, back to when I talked about the strengths, um, we all lead differently. And so it's very, very important that we focus on our strengths in leadership. I may lead one way and someone else may lead a different way. And folks may think, oh, they're a better leader. No, that does not mean that they're a better leader. They just lead differently. And while being a leader, you can learn from one another. And so in college athletics, I think that it's very important that our student athletes understand that just because you don't have the C on your jersey or you're not termed the captain, that does not mean that you're not the leader. Um, you are still the leader. Let's tap into the ways in which you lead. Um, because when you're trying to lead in ingenuine ways, that's when you kind of fall short. And so I think that the most important thing is for folks to figure out what, what are my strengths, what am I most comfortable, what comes most natural, um, and let's build on those tools. The weaknesses, and I feel like that's something we always think about first is our weaknesses, but as a leader, it's let's build our strengths. Our weaknesses will come along. There'll always be weaknesses. We'll always have those, but as a leader, if I can champion my strengths first, look at my weaknesses, identify those, that makes me a better leader because I've now identified them. I know that they're there. But I'm going to champion these strengths and be cognizant of these weaknesses. It's probably a pretty good lesson for coaches as well. I think, I think you touched on it where two years ago a team might have been led by somebody who was a very vocal, everybody followed leader. Next year senior comes up, kind of takes that mantle, and it's completely different. Sometimes coaches will say that maybe they weren't great leaders, but I would assume coaches need to be educated on you know, pulling out those best aspects of their student athletes as well. Absolutely. When you're looking at a student athlete, um, there's no right type. Um, and so I think that maybe for the sport, there's a right type. However, for that leadership skill, it may be your third string um, who has one of the best leaders in that particular environment, as opposed to it being, okay, you're the starter, you whatever, I expect you to do X, Y, and Z. And so it's looking at those strengths and seeing what the team needs. Not all teams need an extremely vocal um, person, and not all teams all need a quiet person either. And so I think that it's just a lesson to be learned about 
really tapping into the group that you have in the moment, the strengths that you have, and then the strengths that you need. Um, and assessing those, figuring out, okay, your strength is very vocal and maybe I need a not so vocal person to be <laughs> your partner um, in this. And so I think that when we think about it, we just have to really think about it in that way and have that strengths-based mindset. There's nothing better than thinking about someone's strengths as opposed to their weaknesses. You talked about year two, focusing a little bit more on coaches and staff. What are your grand plans? I don't, I don't want to sound like an interview and say five, ten years down the road, but what are your plans for this position and kind of the, this program at the institution? Um, one of the areas of initiative is just our awareness. We're working on building our awareness as a department um, and what that looks like, whether it be building the awareness culturally, building the awareness um, of what our campus is doing and how we can align with campus, and recreating what most folks would say is a silo. Um, we don't want to recreate that. We want to go against the silo of campus and our student athletes. We want it to be one thing. We want our department to be one. So we're working on that awareness. Also, staff being allies. We're allies for our student athletes. I want our staff to be allies for themselves, um, to speak up when things feel uncomfortable. And so we're really going to focus on that as well as just belonging and culture. I want our staff to feel like they belong as well. I want our coaches to feel like they belong as well. I want the culture to be one of those things you just never forget about. You know, when you lay your head down and you like, at the end of the day, if, if today was hard, I still know that being an employee of Illinois State Athletics, they still care about me. And so whether that be in looking at the equity side of it, looking at the diversity side of it, looking at the inclusion side of it, I want to make sure that all our staff and, and coaches feel like they belong as well. Moving forward, have you guys thought about marketing whatsoever? And the reason I say that is being on the forefront of really being able to tackle these issues firsthand for the student athletes, build the relationships that you're currently building, that has to play a huge role in recruiting, doesn't it? 100%. Um, and you know, one of the things that we market, I feel like, is having me be a part of some of those recruiting visits. Um, it's the, it's less about what you see on social media or on the the post and more about the relationships that start as soon as they put their feet on Illinois State ground and having me be a part talk to families and express like, hey, I genuinely care that your student athlete belongs here um, and that their identities are supported. And so marketing is probably more of a you see my face and you won't stop seeing my face because as most of the athletes um, and coaches will say, I am loud and proud about being here, and um, that's really where the marketing happens. And when you're recruiting a student athlete, you're recruiting the families. And so I market myself to the student athlete as well as their families. Tremendous asset to this athletic department. Krishaya, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. That's Krishaya Dixon, Illinois State's Assistant Athletic Director for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Stay with us. We'll have more in the nest right after this timeout. The Illinois State Volleyball Team is ready to roll this fall, and we want you to be a part of the action. Come out and support new head coach Allie Matters and the Volleyball Redbirds for just $65 and lock in your seats for all 12 home matches. To purchase and for all other ticket questions, contact the ISU Athletics Office at 309-438-8000. That's 309-438-8000.
Welcome back to In the Nest as we take a look at the week ahead in Redbird Athletics. The Illinois State soccer team closes out their three-game homestand tomorrow night at 6 o'clock with a non-conference tilt against Lindenwood at Adelaide Street Field. Alley Matters and the Redbird volleyball team will take their three-game winning streak on the road to Memphis, Tennessee, where they will compete in the Beale Street Classic beginning on Friday morning. Birds will battle Oakland and Queens University on Friday before closing out the weekend on Saturday against the University of Memphis. Women's Golf will host the Redbird Invitational this weekend on Sunday and Monday, September 11th and 12th, while the men's golf team will travel to Madison, Wisconsin on Sunday to take part in the Badger Invitational, which will run from Sunday through Tuesday. And on Saturday night, Brock Spack and the Illinois State University football team will open their home slate inside Hancock Stadium with a non-conference tilt against Valparaiso. Kickoff is set for 6.30. And fans can take advantage of some outstanding new tailgating opportunities as the athletic department unveiled the opening of Redbird Road, which will be for all fans prior to every ISU football home game this fall as a new high-energy tailgating area. It's free and open to the public. Redbird Row will include live music at every game, a video wall showcasing college football games from across the country, beer garden, and food for purchase. Each week will also include the Reggie's Kid Zone, yard games, and a refillable water bottle station from the Office of Sustainability called Reggie's Watering Hole. As always, fans will be able to welcome the Redbird football team for the Bird Walk, beginning two and a half hours prior to kickoff. This season, the team will gather and make their way through the F-62 parking lot, also known as the Turner Lot, on their way to Redbird Road, led by head coach Brock Spack, Reggie, the ISU cheerleaders, and the Big Red Marching Machine. The team will continue through Redbird Row on their way to the Kaufman football building to begin their pregame warm-ups. For more information on the tailgating opportunities for Redbird football this fall, reach out to Dylan Horder in the Redbird ticket office at 309-438-7231. And finally, the Brock Spack Show, presented by Bud Light, returns tomorrow night at 6 p.m. from Schooners in Bloomington. We will broadcast from 6 to 7 o'clock every Thursday night throughout the football season. Make plans to join us at 810 East Grove Street in Bloomington or listen along the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network from Learfield. That'll do it for this episode. For Illinois State's Assistant Athletic Director of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, Chris Shea Dixon, and our entire crew, this is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next week right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.